welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am chatting with two of the fine folks from the Vibro Magazine, a digital magazine showcasing the vibrant creative culture in the DMV in Baltimore. Please welcome Natasha Magino and Jasmine Dixon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, um it's a long time coming, actually. I feel like I first met y'all like during the summer, maybe, and we're in a different year now. So yeah, I know. Yeah, it's about time we got here. <laughs> um, so I want to start off, and I, I was kind of brief in my my introductions, and that's purposeful. Um I, I want to invite you both to give me those vital stats. What is your what is your background? What are your roles respectively in Vibram? And tell us really what the Vibram is. I gave the I gave that kind of, you know, 10,000 foot view, but give us a rundown. <laughs> yeah, I can um, start off. Um, well, I'm Natasha. So I am actually one of the co-founders of The Vibe Room, and I am also a creative director. Um, the Vibe Room stemmed from my idea of us living in the DMV and like the DC area where I live is very corporate. So we were trying to figure out like how to create a platform for creatives within the DMV area because it's very vibrant from Baltimore all the way to like DC, Maryland and Virginia, lots of artists, but like the DMV area and mostly just um, caters to the corporate world. So that's where like the idea stemmed from. At first the vibrant was actually supposed to be a space, but of course we couldn't afford that. And then we were like, what's another way to create a platform where creatives could meet up and like network and stuff. And that's where like the magazine came. And then each time the magazine got released, we would have an event where um, artists can come network and check out the magazine. And yeah, that's where the vibe is stem from. Thank you for that. And I am Jasmine, I'm the editor and social media manager. Um, I joined the Vibe Room after the first issue. So Tasha and I have been friends for a while. We met in college at UMES, go Hawks. <laughs> um, and she told me the idea when she first started the Vibe Room. And I was like, yeah, do that shit. Like, that's great. And after the first issue, she's like, we're looking for more writers, editors. Uh, would you want to join? I said, yeah, of course. So. Um, we've been doing it together. This is the ninth issue coming up. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been it's been great learning a lot. Um, in the past year, we started to focus on um, featuring Baltimore creatives, which has been um, really exciting because that's my hometown. Woo -woo. <laughs> um, so it's nice to branch out and include um, people from from Baltimore as well. Yeah. It's great, and I and I like how um, even in like that taglines the DMV and Baltimore, which is kind of funny to me because it's like, yeah, you, well, you guys are in Maryland, like, don't you understand like geography? We do, but also <laughs> we're not Maryland. <laughs> we have like our and own people flag. People have to understand that. Yeah. DMV is, is you have to be able to get on the metro to be in a DMV. So even Salisbury, uh, VA Beach. That's not DMV. Ocean's sorry, sorry. not DMV, yeah. <laughs> sorry, not DMV. You got to be able to get on the orange, red line, yellow, yellow line, green line. That's great. DMV. That's great. <laughs> so between the two of you, so in in, in kind of meeting and, and, and working through like, like in college, what have you, was it 
was me was media always kind of the direction that you wanted to go into? Because um, you kind of touched on like kind of getting the project started and getting in the magazine started and that motivation around it. So speak a bit on like was media really that that interest and really what does the Vibram bring in that way that is kind of different from another any other publications that come to mind? Gotcha. Um, so. Of course, I'm raised by an African dad and I was just like, yeah, I want to go to school for like graphic design or like something creative. It was like, no, I'm not paying for it. So I basically had to like navigate and just try to find like what is a creative path that he will still help me out and pay for tuition for. And that's where I like uh, gravitated towards marketing. Mm-hmm. And from there on, um, I graduated. I started searching for marketing jobs. It wasn't fun. It wasn't interesting. Like I always wanted to like work for a really cool magazine, like Complex or Vibe. So I looked at like New York City and like started applying, but didn't really love it. So that's like more so where the idea of the Vibe came from. Cause I was like, why not just create it myself? And yeah. That was my path towards the library. And yeah, for me, I also studied marketing in school. Um, I always had a creative spirit. And once again, like Natasha, I was researching in 12th grade, what is creative <laughs> that I could do? And my counselor was like, oh, think about marketing or advertisement. So that's why I went into marketing. Um, I always saw myself in media somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, had a PR internship. In college, so I was writing for um, the university's newspaper, so that was like a good experience. Um, but the Vibe Room definitely, for me, gives that outlet outside of normalcy, everyday corporate stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, I've done marketing for accounting firms, wealth management. Right now, I'm doing marketing for engineering <laughs> firms. So it's not as it's interesting, but it's not as, you know, dear to my heart, like media or talking about creatives, talking about the you know, black and brown people in community. So the vibe room definitely gives that outlet um, for me. Yeah, um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, guess who else went to a, uh, an HBCU that gave them the whole, you should do marketing, me. You? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow, we all got the same story. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> hey, you, and, I, and I did it for um, Verizon for the first few years in that DMV area, uh, Greenbelt and Silver Spring specifically. And uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't my thing. I was always looking for more of the creative component of it. Yeah. And uh it was always like, cause I, I have a bachelor's of science. So it's like, Oh, you're in, you're doing marketing analytics. And I was like, I don't care about that, but it paid, it right. paid the bills. Right. And, yeah. um, I think like one of the things that's really interesting about it, uh, and I've been like doing a deep dive on like Robert green stuff recently. And they were talking about this, the, the term of vocation, right. Mm-hmm. Um, vocation is your calling that is like something called out to you. And we talk about that in terms of like what our jobs are. Right. But really vocation had like a, a biblical component to it is like you were called by God to do this. And it's a little bit more weighty than just, Oh, my vocation is to uh, do reports for a business. I hate. So mm-hmm. it's so when I think we look at vocation and what we're doing, it's a calling It's something that we love. And I, I think all of us kind of have that same component of, this was a job, but it's not necessarily our thing, right? So going to something that matters to us, that 
kind of hits our souls, right? Like, mm-hmm. for me, I realize, like, I like telling the story of things. And that's probably why I do a podcast now and really keying in on that piece of it or, like, illuminating certain things of, like, hey, you guys haven't heard of these, like, two, like, dope-ass chicks that do this magazine? You should get familiar. <laughs> and that's that's important to me. So I think it's important for y'all with the, with the magazine to really highlight those black and brown people that are doing really dope, creative stuff in this region. Yeah. And I, this is, like, a question for you. How did your vocation come to you? Like, was it, like, an aha moment or was it, like, like something gradually yeah. happened? Yeah, I want to know because I'm still waiting on mine. I have a feeling, but I'm, it's like so many things I want to do. I just don't know where to even yeah. turn. I like I like how that got turned on me. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'll say it, it was always kind of something in the back in the background of. I mean, I was a jerk in high school with the microphone and having people like, "Hey, man, speaking to the mic," and not really sure what I wanted to do with it. But it was something I was already always gravitating toward. Um, and I, I did the creative stuff. I was a writer. I did poetry, all of that stuff in high school. So I kind of put that down and chase someone else's idea, right? Like I wanted to be a comic book writer. I wanted to do well, all these creative things. And my parents were like, "You need to go to business school. You need to do to do this." And and I and I had the full scholarship, but it seemed like the most stable thing, right? Mm-hmm. So when the opportunity presented itself, I was like twenty four and burnt out, like two years into my career, burnt out, making the most money I've ever made, burnt out. And I remember being at a birthday party, and it was for it was for myself, obviously, because you know I won't go to anybody else's birthday parties. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I just remember talking to the, the 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 woman I was dating at the time. I was like, "Yeah, I feel like these are my mastermind team. These are the people who are in that who encourage me creatively and who are after it and just kind of holding court." And I realized like there was something there, and I just kind of kept gradually adding to it. But I knew that there was something there, and my desire to be in front of people and be able to speak to people. That's dope. Yeah. We'll get there, Jazz. We'll get there. <laughs> I, th- I think you're already. I think you're already on the path. I just think, like you know, it, you're doing it. One, you're doing it during a pandemic. So right there, you know, right there <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> um, so this this is a thought that I had. Um, I think we are what we eat, and not in a literal sense, but like what we consume, right? Our mm-hmm. diets. Um. I recall an interview with um, Saul, William po- um, Saul Williams, a, a poet, and he was talking about we are what we consume, um, and that's like media, all of that stuff. So what types of art and culture do you consume? Um, what really kind of resonates for you? What are you attracted to? What did it, what's that through line? Like, yo, I'm only into like Japanese culture for sake of argument. Some people are like, everything that's <laughs> Japanese, I'm eating sushi, I'm watching sumo wrestling, the whole gamut. So what, what is it for you individually? Um, I tend to be open to almost all things. So growing up in an African household, of course, I'm going, like, I'm super into, like, Afrobeats, like, fictional stories by African authors. I love to read. Um, I'm a huge, like, music head. Like, I love to listen to music, any type. Just anything that, like, has a good story attached to it I'll be into like even like the history of like how a certain dish was made or like what it meant to a certain culture just anything that I can trace back that has some type of meaning to it I'll be really into I dig it and I would say for me um 
I'm into comedy, so I really like to watch um, different stand-ups, new comedy shows. My favorite right now is Abbott Elementary. And I just love how, I don't know if this is like a genre or like a, you know, area or something, but I just love how, you know, things can be made on your own and like you can make it whatever you want it to be. So like Quinta, she made Abbott Elementary whatever she wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to like go through guidelines of old comedies or old shows or she didn't have to do what Seinfeld did. She did what she wanted to do. So whatever area or whatever, you know, niche that is of like doing what you want to do, yeah. that's what I'm going after. That's what I like to to look for. I like it. I, I, I like a, I like original ideas. Um, I like when people are chasing those whimsies. Right. And I, I had one recently, you, you both have to come to the next one. So I don't know, you gotta figure it out, but, um, <laughs> we're doing movie screenings and we did one at yes, you know yes. Mo- motorhouse and uh, we have another one coming up very soon. And that idea just kind of came out of a throwaway conversation after a podcast. And mm-hmm. I was just like, we should just do this. And, Sometimes when you're able to just, as you were touching on Jasmine, just able to, hey, you know, I'm able to do this. These are these are my rules, not someone else's rules. Like you have the rules of like this is a place where it's going to be. You have COVID restrictions, all of that. But for the most part, you have a you have carte blanche. You're really open. That's really Mm -hmm. rewarding, and you you feel really invested in. It's like yeah, this is my baby. (laughs) So, what are some of some of the like influences that you may have in terms of your approach to the magazine is there another magazine that like comes to mind that you're like you know what i like how they approach things i like the way they're writing like the the visuals or i hate what they're doing and i'm not doing that (laughs) What, what comes to mind for you um, for me, I really liked ID magazine, like how they um, photograph people. Like it's always something unique. It's not super posy. Um, and then like, yeah, I definitely like how like they write their stories. Like everything isn't super structured, like how you would have like Vogue magazine. Like mm-hmm. it's always something completely different with them. Like they're always bringing in different unique photographers. And it's usually like the visual look for me. So it's always like ID magazine for me. So, um, for me, I would say vibe. I think we have some influence from them. Like I just loved how, like their articles. It may just be one page full of pictures, and it's just in your face. And we kind of have that influence. Where once again, we kind of make it what we want, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, as structured of three pages full of writing to be one page of writing and then two pages of like really dope ass pictures yeah. in that feature. Love it. Um, so I like that about, about that flight magazine. Yeah. For me, it's probably a flavor magazine. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I was hoping because sometimes when you're with a younger room, you're like, all right, do you get my reference? <laughs> we know things. All right. Cool. 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 Um, how do you, We're kind of old. <laughs> I, I am 37, so you're not that old. Uh, <laughs> We're close. No, you're in your 20s. Oh, I'm pushing it. How do you stay informed? Um, I, I've this is this has been new to me in, in, in trying to stay informed when it comes to arts and culture, like you know, doing a podcast and really covering that and covering small business. You you have to be out there in the community to know like you know, what's happening and being there with these things. And also like 
you know, I don't get that mailing list all the time. And it's like, yo, what's what's shaking? Mm-hmm. And especially if you're ultimately like covering those things that really was popping and what and having a pulse of what's going on and really not just one place, you know, it, it's in a it's in a wide area. So how do you stay on point and uh, in the know? I am always trying to go out to like as many creative events that I see, like I'll see a flyer and I'm like, okay, I'll go attend this. And even just like creating friendships with all of the creatives that we meet and just staying in touch. That is really helpful because sometimes even if we're not in the know and maybe like something is not advertised everywhere, like that creative might just hit you up because they really enjoy like the things that we did. Mm-hmm. And it was really helpful. Like, I think we met, a lot of people are a one year anniversary and we've just consistently stayed in touch with them. And from then on, like, I don't think we've even had an issue with finding creators because there's always somebody there to like recommend um, things to attend or like people we should feature. Even sometimes people reach out to us because we're just continuously staying consistent with the magazine. And of course, eventually over time, people just start to talk more about the vibe room. Yeah, for me, I'd say definitely um instagram specifically has helped me with um keeping up with what's going on like if i see an event posted i like screenshot it and save it to my camera roll or follow that person um try to follow like local venues um local artists that i know are like always putting on shows and then like tasha said just trying to be in person that's when most connections um for me happen like you never know who you want to meet while you're out and like what people are doing and if they're interested in what I'm doing and what they have going on. Um, so that's the best way for me to stay in the now is like meeting people face to face and just, you know, exchanging conversation and then them saying like, oh, actually I have this event next week or I own this nonprofit, you know, come out and support. And I'm always, I'm always down for it. That's dope. I think, I think, Really, that's kind of the process of how we all kind of linked up a little bit. I yeah. think that's what happened. And uh, <laughs> yeah, then kind of like you, when you see people in the scene, it's like, oh, well, we're popping up at the same place because we we were at Alpha's spot. I know I saw I saw you there, Jasmine. We were at Alpha's yeah. thing at Motorhouse. And yeah, like you kind of start seeing the same players over and over. It's like, you're somebody, aren't you? You're someone important. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, I got two more questions and then I got those dangerous rapid fire questions that everyone runs away from. I don't understand why they do. It's it's starting to call give me a complex, to be honest with you. We're not scary. We're ready. I'm kind of scared now after you said that. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Um so so I don't I know very little about putting together like a, a publication ultimately. Could you walk us through that process and some of the more challenging aspects of it and how do you navigate those aspects? Yeah, I can start. So um, a lot of it is prospecting. And even when we are taking breaks, we're always consistently like just looking out for like who would be a great feature. And like, I feel like that is the most simplest part. The next part that tends to be really tough, and I don't know why, is like keeping, like tracking down these creatives and just getting them to just say yes. Like emails are not going through, things are bouncing. And like, I don't know why, but like why creatives delete their social media or like just disappear off the face of the earth. I'm like, don't you want people to know who you are? You want them to buy your art? And 
after we get past that process, it's looking uh, looking for writers. Um, we have had like pretty really dope um, consistent writers, so that's always been great. And then from then on, I pass things on to Jazz, and you can speak to what you do from there. Yeah, um, I want to start off by saying I think working in corporate America has definitely helped with like staying structured, mm -hmm. knowing how to send out emails and follow up and like do interviews and things like that. It's definitely helped with it um, because we have to, once we have like the creative in the feature and we have the writers locked down, we have to like help them schedule interviews. We have to like keep track of that. Um, we also have to have a designer for the magazine. So we have a timeline where we have to, you know, meet a deadline to have the articles in to do edits for the articles um, so that we can give to the designer to put into the magazine. And then also for pictures, we have to have a deadline for that. Um, sometimes Natasha takes photos of creatives and other times they may submit pictures that they already have to include. Mm -hmm. um, so it's most about collecting the information, so collecting the creatives, collecting in interviews, the articles, the pictures, um, doing edits for all of that, and then being able to give it to the designer to put into um, the magazine layout. Yeah. Um, and then once everything is in the layout for the magazine, that's when we kind of can like breathe a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because from there, it's just like fine tuning of, we'll move this picture, add this caption, you know, this word's misspelled, things like that. Um, and that usually is like two or three rounds to go through mm -hmm. before it's like, okay, um, it's together. And then we can give it to the printer. We use a print shop in Philly called, um, Fireball. Is it Fireball? Yeah. Fireball. So if you know anybody in Baltimore that has like a cool, um, printing shop as well, let us know. So we can try and be more local, even in Maryland, DC, but we use Fireball in, um, Philly. And they're great. So to give us a print um, sample for the magazine. And then if it's all good from there, we just put in our order and like it's done and we can read. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're like listing those steps, it makes it seem like it's like a short period of time, but we I know. need like the full quarter. So like, <clears throat> it's just like, it's just me and jazz. And then we tend to like outsource uh, the writers, the copy editor, and the designer so a lot of the heavy lifting we do so like we legitimately need those three months in order for us to like function and that's why we even like take a break in between each issue because if we did not we would literally burn out yeah and I, and I think that's a really important thing to, to to speak on where people just think when they get the end result that oh you did this yesterday no, I what I have less hair than the day. No, never mind. Um, but it's kind of that thing where, you know, when I'll like, you know, you're going to burn out. And I, and I know when I have that kind of period where I'll do three, sometimes four interviews in a day and wow. I take like one or two days in a week to go through and I'm doing two hours of 
you know, research, hour, hour and a half to two hours of research on a guest, like looking at other interviews and coming up with questions and things of that nature that be insightful and actually get those gems. So looking at really what does that look like, the input when what the result is, that's really important for people to, to kind of understand. And it's not just something that's disposable. It's two entrepreneur, creative entrepreneurs that are doing their thing with the help of, you know, outsourcing, but really mm-hmm. doing their thing. And especially when it's a voice too, like, mm-hmm. You can bring in someone to help you with certain structural components of it, but really when it's your eye and, and, and ultimately your voice, it needs to have you involved in it so much. So taking those breaks is important. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because that, even like speaking to it, um, to any other creative that's trying to do this, like sometimes like even in the middle of creating the magazine, like we'll just burn out. And what's really nice is that since we own the magazine, we can like go on our own timeline. Yeah. And that's so helpful. Like sometimes it might get released a little bit later, but like our mental health is what matters more than just putting out something that is not to the standards that we want because we burnt out. Yeah. So uh, I got one last question. I've been adding, as you guys have been talking, I've been listening, but I've been adding more rapid fire <laughs> questions because I feel real trolly today. Uh, and you got, and you both are the last interview that I have for the week. So I'm feeling specifically trolly. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so in, in this, what would you say the number one like skill or technique you've added to your repertoire that wasn't necessarily there when you started the publication to now? For me, 100% design. Because <laughs> I was just, I was winging it at first. It was rough. Our website was pretty bad when we first started. But like, if you look at it now, you were like, damn, like who designed it? I'm just like, I did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, even like, just like, if Jazz needs like, um, flyer design or like I've even like taken on like creating email templates so having like to just teach myself how to design things and like watch YouTube videos and figure out how to better utilize like InDesign or um, Photoshop is definitely like what I've taken on and like honed in and gotten so much better at and I would say for me project management and social media so for oh hey <laughs> so for project management um just being able to you know set deadlines um and be able to you know have an end result and see each step all the way through and knowing that you have other people a part of it that you have to to manage and also you know uh, work with to get that end result has definitely helped me in my personal life and in my you know career as well mm-hmm. just being able to have that skill and then for social media like I'm still learning a lot of you know what works analytics and you know just trying to have a consistent voice on social media it's like ever-changing there's always something new on Instagram right. now you can like have private rooms you have a store <laughs> um it's always something new. So just trying to keep up with it and like understanding what's going to work for um, your company, your vision. I think what I've learned the most about social media is like, just because it's there, does it mean like you have to use it yeah. um, just because there's Facebook or there's Yelp. Does it mean like you have to be a part of it? Like you pick once again, like you're the creator of 
your brain universe. You pick what works for you. Don't let social media, you know, use you. You use social media like into your best your best asset. So, yeah. Um, I, at one point in that, that job I was referring to earlier, um, I had some ageism. They presented to me. My team was like, yeah, you're young, so, which is weird now, but Hey, you're young. Uh, you do social media and we need to have a presence here, here, and here. I was like, are you sure we should be right. doing all of these? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a thing. And, and one of the things in terms of consistency that I would hear as a, as a podcaster you know, send people to one or two places. So in, in looking at research, right? Um, I don't send everyone to iHeartRadio. It's like, yo, here's my direct website and you can find everything through there. Or mm-hmm. here's Apple, which has 60% of the market. Spotify, problematic. They like to use the N-word. I don't know, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> not going back in three months. <laughs> uh, we, what we're not going to do not is. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for rapid fire questions. Um, All right. And the way that these work, the way that I like for these to work is, uh, however brief you can you can get it out there. Now, if it's something that really needs that extra context, feel free, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's kind of like I said what I said. It's kind of like that. All right. All right. So first one. It's two. It's a fill in the blank. It's a two parter. Okay. I go to DC for blank. I go to Baltimore for blank. I go to DC to go out. I go to Baltimore for the art. I go to DC to party and stand on couches, and I go to Baltimore for good vibes and good food. That, that, that they were very similar questions, by the way. <laughs> similar <laughs> answers, rather. Um, because I, I I follow I follow both of you, but I see I see what what, what Jasmine is doing. So tell me, uh, <laughs> go to travel destinations. Put me on where I want to go. Um, like where go. where do you like to go most? Like what's that go to? It's like look, you know, I need to I need to decompress. I need to get re-energized. I need to refill my cup. Like I like to go to New Orleans, right? So where where where's your place? If I could, I would love to go to Malibu, like. Once a month, I went there for my birthday last year, and like I just fell in love. Just so serene. It's like a good mix of like beachy city vibes, but it also very like reclusive. You're in the woods, no one can find you, and that's the balance I need to like re-energize. So I would pick Malibu. <laughs> I'm definitely picking Jamaica because I remember that group trip that we all took with all the girls. Yeah. Jamaica too, and the inclusive resort. Constant drinks, relaxing on the beach, just being on the water is just perfect. Anything that's like 80 degrees is love for me. Huh. It's funny. It's funny how you, you said you said drinks, because the next question has to do with drinks. Uh beer, wine, or spirits. And whatever you choose, what is your your thing? Like, you know, if, let's say if you choose wine, <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit. Specific brand? <laughs> Any specific brand? Casamigos? What what are we talking here? Um, Espalone has been my go-to. I, li- I like Casamigos, but I'm, I'm rocking with Espalone. Espalone's rocking with me. <laughs> oh, legit? Legit? Uh, for me, in the winter, give me a bourbon, and you're going, and I want, like, a maker's mark. In the summertime, any type of tequila, honestly. I used to be a wine girl, but spirits get me there quicker. Yeah. I like, I like wine, like, if it's a, like, dinner thing or just hanging out at home but other than that hand hand me the look 
Um, it sounds bad. But. Uh, I mean, it, it does. I mean, the next question is going to be real interesting. Uh, I'm a mezcal guy. I've become really big into mezcal. Uh, I like smoky, manly things and mezcal, nice Japanese whiskey, mm-hmm. something in that space. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I can just be pretentious for one, but also I can get lit. So let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. What are you most bougie about? Most bougie about? Uh-huh. It's got to be majority organic. Oh, I don't really want it. I'm a HelloFresh girl. I order all my meals from HelloFresh, so. So, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. I'm going to say convenience. Like, I will pay for convenience. Like, yesterday I went to D.C., and I paid $25 for parking because I did not feel like driving around the waterfront to look for parking. So I'm going to pay for the parking. Um, <laughs> I'm paying for the Amtrak train. I'm over the bus. For New York. I'll pay for the Amtrak. I'll pay for the toll. If it'll get me there quicker. I'm not driving through the city to avoid tolls. Like Uber Eats, DoorDash, <laughs> the convenience. Um, I will give you my money gladly. Take that is, is valid. I feel like with age, we're not doing that standing outside in the cold. I will pay that tab. Yeah. This is gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, co- convenience is a thing. I, I remember reading in this, uh, this, this, it was this blog piece about like, because we have these, like the, the 40 hour work week and all of that. And that was shifted down from being like a 60 hour work week or an 80 hour work week back in the day. Yeah. Um, that these these things of convenience we're given those just to kind of keep driving it's like oh you're a revolt if you don't have convenience so exactly. here you go also now it's really 50 hours working so it's that's why i keep my job so i can keep paying for parking that's okay. <laughs> i mean i i stay i stay flush with my instacart orders it's it's like yo i need my topo chico now right um what makes you laugh no matter what and I'm looking at you, Jasmine. I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> um, other people's laughs. <laughs> like <laughs> other people laughing makes makes me laugh. And then like their mannerisms and they're telling a story. Like I'll bust out laughing just by like how they're moving their head or like I'm gonna be very still right now. I'm just gonna just <laughs> Those things make me laugh. For me, it's uh anything that comes on the office. I love that show. Anything that Michael Scott does, I'ma laugh regardless. <laughs> that's that's ten on ten. I, I used to work with a dude that had that vibe and that energy. And I was like, can you chill out? It's like he he'd be the type that would come wow. into the office with the fedora on backwards, turn oh, the chair God. backwards. Let me rap to you, brothers, and it's just an office of like black dudes. I was like, sir, you Wow. You I, you I don't not. think it would be as fun in real life. Like watching it, sure, it's funny, mm-hmm. but like real life, I can't imagine. I mean, of course, <laughs> I'm going to make a bit out of it. I'm saying, look at this motherfucker right here. Look at, look, look at this guy. What is he doing? <laughs> he doesn't get it. Um, got two more. Um, what's the most heavily played uh, song in your playlist right now? Like, you know, some people have Spotify and it's like, yeah, I'm just looping this one track over and over. What is that track that you're like, you're always listening to? You always find yourself coming back to? Um, I know he is, you know, on some people's shit I list right know now. you're going to mention it. <laughs> but I've been playing Donda. Donda has been my go-to specifically 
the song 24. Okay. Like, I play that song and I'm like, ready to go and take on the world. So. She's one of the few people that still likes Kanye. I mean, I. I mean, I'm here too. So. He's, he's, he's talented. Um, he's Things. For me, there's a song called uh, Hanging On by Active Child. You might even hear it in like certain movies. I don't know, it just gets to me. Makes me want to like sit outside in the um, warm summer wind and just like feel the vibes. But it's a sad mm-hmm. song, but it just feels good. I don't know. It's a great I song. Mean, I like listening to sad music. It just feels like right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. But I'm in a great mood. Yeah, I love, I love playing sad songs. Why? I don't know. It just makes me feel something. I don't feel yeah. sad about it. But like, I just feel something. So yeah. I'm in the best mood. And I'm like blasting Frank Ocean and having time in my life. But when I'm sad, I'm playing like Three Six Mafia. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what you <laughs> cry to? Three Six Mafia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm playing like cheese and dope before <laughs> like why are you playing project pat uh, <laughs> just crying to project pat in the corner that's crazy like, exactly <laughs> like, what are you doing no <laughs> <laughs> okay here's the last one um des- describe your style and that can be however you interpret it describe your style in one word i would say bright i like Orange and green for some type of reason. You're wearing a green shirt. Orange and green. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the first word that comes to mind is androgynous. Um, I like playing on like masculine and feminine, you know, articles. Like I might wear a jumpsuit one day and the next suit I might want to wear a dress. So, or mix both, who knows? But I just like not having to like be in one box of what. Uh, woman's style should be. I like it. You're a rule breaker. I, that's everything. Everything I've heard is just rule breaking. It's like you can't be on that couch, but I'm on it, and I'm in a jumpsuit, and I'm writing my own script. And and I got my fro out. What's that? What of it? <laughs> so um, so that's all of the questions that I had. I thank you both for coming on, and I want to invite you to to tell the fine folks where to follow you, where to check out your work, and yeah, pretty much plug away. Yeah, um, you can check out The Vibe Room on Instagram at the underscore vibe underscore room. You can even Google us. The Vibe Room will be the first thing that pops up. Um, Also on Twitter, the same thing. Yeah, and you can check me out on Instagram at Tasha Mag, Tasha and then M-A-G. And The Vibe Room is also on Facebook um, and LinkedIn as well. And my personal Instagram is uh, Mayor underscore Dixon on, yeah, on IG. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. I want to thank again Natasha Jasmine from The Vibe Room for coming onto the podcast and saying that there is art, coverage, culture in and around Baltimore, and you just got to look for it. <laughs>